Hello and welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's Urban Youth Word. We want to encourage you to engage with it and at the end even ask Holy Spirit to take this word, let it go deep into your heart and for him to make the changes that he would like to make through what has been spoken. If you have any more questions or you'd like to reach out, you'd like to know, we'd love to reach out to you. If you haven't joined us, I want to encourage you to join us in person. Urban is a ministry for high school aged young people and we meet every Friday of the youth term where possible and we would love to connect with you if you haven't yet connected with us. Hey, so guys, um, we are continuing the story through the journey of the Bible, okay? Um, this is because we want you guys to be equipped. Um, again, the five minutes of uh, fundamental slash faith has to do with small little practical things that you can take away. Um, these booklets are here so you can write down stuff that stands out to you that maybe you might want to remember. And again, like I said, you can keep them here and I'll keep them for you and take them with us every Friday wherever we go. Um, I don't read them throughout the week because I take my own notes um, as I'm even preparing for these uh, for this for these chats. So um, take your notes, and then at the end of the term, if you want, you can take it home. But um, you will generally forget like 90% of everything that you hear. So if you're a student, which we most of us are, <laughs> if you're a student, a good way to ensure that you keep stuff inside of your brain is to actually write it down or do something with it. So, again, the, we try, we're trying as much as possible with our, yep, yes, uh, we're trying as much as possible with our stuff to make sure that we can connect different parts of the night so that you can actually make sure you connect it. So, Obviously, the failed game attempt tonight was all about teamwork. Um, but the thing that we want to touch on tonight has to do with the Tower of Babel. Is it Babel or Babel? Is it Babel? Is that how you pronounce it? It's a tower. It was a tower. It's a region, a space, a place. Right? Bagel. Bagel. That's hilarious. Okay. So... Now, one of the other things I'm going to ask you, if you have questions, good thing to do is write them down in your notepad. I'd love to chat to you about it um, afterwards. If you do have questions, um, just want to run through this as quick as I can so I don't take as much time as I did last week. I was just mindful of that. So if you have questions, write them down somewhere. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that's curious. Did you, did you say you found out where Lot's wife came, Cain's wife came from? Okay, thanks, Jake. <laughs> I'm going to see silent on that topic. Um, so, let me read tonight's, um, tonight's scripture, because I looked it up. Um, it's Genesis chapter 11, and I'm going to start from verse 1, right? Genesis 1. We're not going to do that again. Um, so, Here's what it says. Now the whole world, oh wait, I've got it right here. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. This is talking through the story of the world. Up until this time, it's covering, sorry, before you continue, up, up until this time, the Bible is actually covering massive chunks of time. So like specific, so Noah covers like 300 plus years of time. After this, 
it's going to go into um, the Tower of Babel. And then after it, it actually is going to cover more specific, slowed down versions of history. So as you get to Genesis 11, it's almost like a bridge, they say, within the stories um, that are spoken through Genesis. Um, and in a way, you know, remember how we talked about prophecy? In a way, this is another prophetic kind of um, slash predictive space in time that we can see through and see what Jesus is going to do ultimately with humanity. You know how we talked about how the ark was a, was a predictor of how Jesus is the only way that's going to get humanity through the flood of evil and judgment um, that God has for that evil. This also is another one of those things that can predict and we can look at some of the, the stuff that correlates to it. So, Tower of Babel, Genesis 11. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech as people moved eastward, the f- eastward from, I think, from where the flood was. Um, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to one another, come, let's make bricks and make them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. That's wonderful rhyming. And then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. The Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language. Who is God talking to? Real interesting question there in chapter seven, in verse 7. Come, let us go down, confuse their language, and they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them. From there, from there, all over the earth, and they stopped building the city. That, it, that is why it was called Babel. Because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Story time. Let me tell you about my primary school years when I was in year five. I was a cute kid, by the way, in year five. I... I, I did go to school. I did. I did. Um, so I was in year five, and I had a friend. I hope he's still alive. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been back for like almost 20 years, right? So I don't know. He could have died, and I come from a developing nation. So when I was young, uh, I was in year five, and um, basically one of my friends, I don't know what happened. All I knew is at some point, caught up with him, it was probably around recess time, and he's like, bro, so-and-so came and hit me. Like, he was being bullied by year sixes. We hate those year sixes, don't we? You know, bunch of bullies. So my friend was bullied and targeted, and he was like, afraid, pretty afraid for his life, right? Because you know how the year sixes get, right? They're about to enter high school. They're the, they think they're the bee's knees when they're in primary school. It's like, bro, you're in primary school. Chill out. Anyway, so as a result of that, what I decided to do, some of you would have heard this story before, but what I decided to do was to actually get a few of my other friends um, to come and make sure that they were protecting this one friend of mine who I was concerned about. I made sure that he was accompanied by somebody else, at least two other people. I offered him protection services, basically. We know that means 
private military. This, in fact, developed over time to me ending up offering protection for more people. Over time, I had my own little gang going, right? Because I wanted to protect one friend. And then it just so happens other people wanted in on that to be protected. And so we kind of would walk around in groups around school. And the weird thing was that all of it was organized during classes that I was part of. So I think, he, I think we went into... Um, year six like that, and literally during class, and this was my naughtiest I've ever been in, in school, during class, I would be, we would have communications happening. Now, we all know that you guys pass notes around in class, don't you? Yeah, right, okay. You Snapchat now, it's all online. <laughs> you, see, you can't use your phones, so you use the school computers. Fair enough. So you say whatever. So we used to pass notes. You'd write a note and you pass it and it's like, oh, who's this for? You open it and it's like, oh, that's for this. So we, oh yeah, it was, they were doing their thing. Anyway, so we, we have this hierarchy and I'm like, I've got a general, I've got a commander, I've got a vice captain. And literally we're sending these notes, like pretty much strategizing where we're going to hang out for recess. Like, Obviously, we thought we were the business by the time we were in year six, but we did not do the bullying. And so this goes on. And the way that it crumbled was one day a teacher finds out that we are passing around these notes, reads one of these and goes, who's part of this? And nobody actually said uh, they were part of it. All I remember is I did get caned. So either I got dubbed in. The cl I don't clearly remember the story. Either I got dubbed in, but the teacher found out and it all stopped from there. It had served its purpose. All that to say, it doesn't take a lot to rally people around a common, common cause. Can you tell that English is my third language? And so, Swahili and French. <laughs> Habari is Swahili. Bonjour is Francais. So, what you need to understand about this story that we're reading here is the Tower of Babel shows a lot of unity, and it doesn't actually happen too long after the flood. Now, the flood happened because people turned evil. And so then people decide, we're going to actually work together, because remember, they all come down from Noah, and they're all speaking one language. And so they've got a lot of unity. They see things pretty much clearly, almost exactly the same way. So they're like, we're going to do something together. Now, examples of teamwork, when you have the right instructions, I'm going to own that. I give the wrong instructions in, our last, in that last little activity. Um, so can we play this clip about good teamwork and bad teamwork? I just want to show you, just for the fun of it. Anybody seen this? Yeah. I find it funny. This is a classic example of bullying got tried bullying gone wrong. You really hurt yourself when you're trying to bully someone else. Just because it's a bit different. Look at that. That's, oh. Rough.
anything they're saying. Get off, man. They're the two bullies in my primary school. Look at those feathers. <laughs> it keeps going, keep it going, and then good teamwork. Yeah, watch it. That was an example of bad teamwork. This is good teamwork. You've probably seen this too. Actually, an ad for a bus. <laughs> <laughs> so random, eh? Okay. So back to our story, right? Shot on the iPhone. So back to our story. The Tower of Babel is a little bit like teamwork gone really well, right? And it says something to us, which is that unity is powerful. Together, we're able to accomplish more than we could ever accomplish on our own. Um, a lot of great feats um, and things were built by a lot of, like, the human capacity for building is actually pretty incredible. Um, there are certain things called the seven wonders of the world. I don't know if, you, if you've heard about them. Have you heard about the seven wonders of the world? Okay, can you name one? Looking at Jake. Jake is one of the seven wonders of the world. Sorry, what did you say? Eiffel Tower? I don't think the Eiffel Tower has made it yet. Machu Picchu, yes. The Pyramids of? Uh-huh. Stonehenge? Ooh, don't think so. Sorry. Niagara Falls? Natural wonder. Yeah. The Great Wall of China, yes. Not the Eureka Tower. Any others? Okay, I'll show you three, and I'll give you some fun facts about them. Can we go to our first wonder of the world? The Taj Mahal. Okay, he, here is, so it's one of the biggest buildings actually in India, and it's actually built as a series of tombs. It's a glorified tomb. And people go there as tourists. So the guy who built this, built this for the, for the woman that he loved, right? And it was meant to be a tomb um, and, and a series of tombs 
for, for his family. No, it's not central. It's not going to end up being like this. I don't think anybody will get a permit to build something like this in Central Park. No, I don't think so. Uh, maybe for the war. Um, so it took 220, well, 22,000 workers and 22 years to complete this work. Today, it's just a tourist spot. How many of us are 22 years of age here? That's as long as Jake's been alive. Are you 22? No, yeah, December. Ooh. That's as long as Ellen's been alive. That whole time. You put so much money and effort into such a great building. And people who go there just go to take a picture and to check out. It's like, mm, yeah, great, all right, whatever. See you later. Next one. Instagram. Yeah. The Coliseum. That's another wonder. Um, it was built as an amphitheater. Who's been to Scarborough? Have you been to Scarborough Beach? The amphitheater there? Yeah. Something, this is, this is part of where the idea came from for those kinds of things. So the theater, if you've ever gone to a theater or the movies now, what they look like. Um, ideas originated in Rome, which is these guys, and Greece. Um, it was used for various things. A gladiator ring. So where fighters would fight. These fighters sometimes were slaves. Um, it was used as a place of executions. Christians were actually thrown into places like these to be eaten by lions. So it was like a live entertainment. Like, you know, will, you, will the lion win or will the human win kind of thing. And obviously lions and tigers will take out. Yeah, it's quite one-sided. Um, well, sometimes it was in someone's failure. And... Um, and entertainment. So that was the other, you know, you would have live performances. Um, and it could hold as many as 50,000 people. Almost like 10,000 K less than Optus Stadium. Pretty much. So that's a feat of human achievement. Unity. People putting their minds together. The last one is, sorry. Yeah, it doesn't, but it's massive. Um, the last one is the Christ the Redeemer, which was built in Rio. It took nine years, built in France, and then moved to Brazil. Um, it, pro it is prone for lightning strikes. Who can tell me what is the one thing on that statue that has been struck by lightning and fallen off? The thumb. It's prone to lightning strikes and lost its thumb because of the lightning strike. Imagine. You'd pro it'd probably strike near the top, not actually like near the bottom. <laughs> That's a rough death. All right? <laughs> Literally, Jesus sends it to himself. So... We know that unity is powerful because some of the things that have been built throughout time stand today as a testament to human capacity to build stuff. Babel is another one of these. So if you think about somebody trying to build a Colosseum, somebody trying to build an Eiffel Tower, which got taken down within one day. Sorry, I'm thinking about the Twin Towers. We can accomplish amazing things. <laughs> oh. 
we can accomplish way more. I'm just, you guys are actually paying attention. That's great. We can accomplish way more together than we can on our own. Some of you here are super smart. Your kind of intelligence is going to help people in a way that other people's intelligence isn't going to help them. However, no matter how much like Einstein you might be, even Einstein needed community. You need a community, especially if you've got dreams, visions, ideas that you want to bring to life. You need a community of people to bring him to life through. Right? Humans were made for community. There are, there are a couple of things that I want you to, to pay attention to with regards to this and what it says about us, right? Why did we build that city? Why did those people build the city? They built the city to keep us from our worst fears. That's why they built the city. What did the people fear? It, people, people are speculating about where it is. Some say they've found it. Some say they haven't. But um, it, people talk about how that's where the word Babylon or the city of Babylon was actually built, which was one of the ancient civilizations that ended up um, killing a lot of Jews as well as a lot of people groups around the Jews. Um, and Babylon, the city itself, is one of the ancient wonders of the world because from there... Um, what did they build? What did they build? It's like a... Does anybody know? The word is close to my head, but I forget. Babylon? Not just its wall. It was almost impregnable. Like, it was almost... You couldn't take it over. No, that's a wall of China. Um, It... No, not, not Jericho. Babylon. So... The city of Babylon um, and the civilization of Babylon actually has one of the ancient wonders of the world. They actually created, I don't know, I forget what it is, but it is a way that you can get plants to actually, um, like vines, um, that and water. It was like an engineering feat unseen. Sorry? I forget. It's not the exact word, but it's one of the ancient wonders of the world because they don't know how people did that well back then. We're going to move on. Keep your questions till the end. Write them in. So, what can we see from the Tower of Babel that people's worst fears were? Number one was nature. Because we don't want to be scattered. What do cities tell us? Cities tell us that there's walls. There is enclosure. There is the end of a city. There is the middle of a city. There are houses in a city. People come together and they settle. What are you trying to protect yourself from? Nature. Right? The other thing you're trying to protect yourself from with these people in this story is loneliness. They said, we don't want to be scattered all over the world. This is still what we do today. We build big houses, big buildings, and then we try as much as possible to stay connected to other people. Loneliness can kill. This is why all of us took on social media to such a big degree is that so that no matter where you're at, you can still somehow feel connected to the world. So let's talk about nature and how we can't necessarily conquer nature. If you, um, so one of the one of the social kind of analysts that I listen to talks about how um, 
we've just been reminded through things like the floods, through things like the fires, through things like COVID, how much not in control of nature we are. Not only that, but if you think on a more personal level, all of us here hit our peak with regards to development at about age in our mid-20s. Might be a little bit earlier or later for some people, but at some point your body actually goes into deterioration mode. Where you get old, you die. This is what humanity is trying to is trying to combat. Today, <laughs> it was nice having you around, RIP. Today, we're still trying to combat aging. Can you tell me what ways we're trying to combat getting old? Tell me. How do we fight against getting old is what I'm asking. Plastic surgery, key one. Sorry? Exercise. Eating what? Aging cream, yes. That's very true. Stay young forever. We're still doing the exact same things. What's the other one? My wife's getting gray hairs, so she's not eating healthy. That's good <laughs> to, to just like live a long life. Sorry? Dying your hair. My wife's getting gray. And she's like going like, what do I do? I'm like, I don't know. I've got gray hairs. We might as well look at grandpa and grandma together. Staying in a youth group as long as possible. Oh, that's awkward. <laughs> so this way of thinking actually comes more from Roman and uh, Greek thinking and their, their religion than it actually comes from Christianity. Christians and the people of God were actually told to look after their bodies so that they could keep serving others. The point isn't themselves. The point is always being others. So that's nature. Loneliness. Obviously, we know about loneliness, that it's, it's massive in our world. Right? And one of the things I remembered is that when Facebook was actually starting to rise, uh, me and my friends would be bragging about how many friends we had on Facebook I think today it's like TikTok followers or how many on Snapchat or how, how long of a streak you got on. What's a Snapchat? Dude, you're so old. Um, but I was, I was reminiscing about it, remembering the other day, uh, I think I was talking to Scott, and I was like, man, what an idiot. You're actually thinking about how many people you have as followers. But it didn't really mean anything because I couldn't, I couldn't see most of them like more than once a year. The other thing the Tower of Babel was representing is that it was representing what humanity's greatest ambitions are. One of the things that was denied to humanity when God kicked them out of the Garden of Eden was immortality. Quick answer. The Tower? Yes. That's what I'm explaining. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're on track. Good question. That is on track. Um, the second thing that this tower and this city represents is that we want, we want to be protected from nature. The other thing the tower is representing is it's representing our greatest ambition. What do we really want deep within inside our heart? Had humanity changed after almost all of them were wiped out? So we, this is what we find out. We want to be mortal. The Tower of Babel was there to signify we're going to make our stamp on earth forever. We're going to be united. And because we can accomplish so much when we're united, 
we're going to be able to stick around for forever. There's a historian who talks about how you can tell what a civilization prioritizes by what kind of buildings they're building, the biggest buildings that are around. Now, can you tell me what are some of the biggest buildings that are in Perth that you see? Rio Tinto, what is that? Mining, what's another big building? BHP, what, that's mining as well. SciTech, what's that? That's not big. That's, 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 what? Telstra Communications. Who, is, who owned that? I don't think it was Telstra. What? Optus Stadium. Yep, that's another big one. What? Are the Crown Hotels and Casino? The hospitals, they're pretty massive. Okay, so. Belltown, just, just like a tiny thing. Airport. Okay, so if we look at those buildings, for example, um, what did we say? We had the banks, we had mining, we had Optus, we had, what was the other one? What, did that, what does that say about what we value? What we prioritize. We prioritize mining. What does mining give us? Money. We prioritize money. Build, we also have pretty large bank buildings in the city, don't we? Right? We, have, we prioritize money. We think money is important. In fact, it's hard to live if you don't have an income within our society. What about Optus? What does that say to us we prioritize? Optus Stadium. Entertainment. Sport. Epitome of humankind. Sorry, what? <laughs> wow. What did you say? Good reception. Prioritize good reception. Up to stadium. Communications. Very good, very good, very good. The last one, Crown Towers. What does that say we prioritize? Actually, two things. Two things. Waste of money. Gambling. What else? Gluttony. Yes, absolutely. That's why people gamble, right? Because they want a lot more than what they need. And food. It is a sin. Gluttony is a sin. Right? What's the other one? It's that the Crown Towers is also a hotel. We like to be comfortable. We want safety. Now, can you tell us what's the difference between us and people like Babel? People who lived and were building the Tower of Babel. They're dead now, but what's the difference between them and us? There's not a lot. I don't think money controls everything, but yeah, good one. They did have money. Yeah. So let me... Here's a question for you. What is Egypt known for? The pyramids and the Sphinx. What is Babylon known for? For those of you who are listening. Their city. Their actual city. What is Persia known for? Conquering. What is Rome known for? Something very specific for Rome was how well their military was organized. Sorry, what? No, not Caesar salad. 
That's a good funny joke, but no. So let me tell you why God decided to pull this down. Okay? God's first priorities are completely different to the world's priorities. We talked about how the story of Noah predicted that Jesus, um, predicted Jesus, um, predicted by Jesus as a prophetic um, stuff is going to happen that's going to be similar to this. In the same way, Babel is actually here to remind us and to ask us the question, what do you think you're putting your time to? Ultimately, your life, what is it going to count to? Because you have been given breath to live, energy and strength to put to something worthwhile. You didn't just get here randomly. And so your strength, the way that you think your ability to do what you're able to do within this space and time was not your choosing. You must be responsible with it. Despite everything that has come up against you, you must be responsible for the time that you have. If you waste it, you still have to answer to God for that. Okay? There is no such thing as I can do whatever I want and it'll be fine. So the questions here that I have is what is God doing that these people were not doing? Who is he doing it through? And what does this mean for the world and how do we participate in it? Very similar. Human nature has not changed very much. So I'll tell you what God is looking for. Well, he's not going to separate everyone again, but he will put a final stop to everything that is happening. This is what we're getting to. So, yeah, so if, you, if you're paying attention to the stories um, that are happening, is that for, for where we're at... We're actually in a kind of like a middle part, right? Jesus predicted this would happen. We're in the middle part, and um, one 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 of the things that that continues um, to baffle me is, for example, let me give you a report. So so from this, we we know that God scattered them. Division, it means that division has become part of the DNA of humankind. We generally will try to find ways that are different about us and try to bring them up, right? And try to like, oh, this is how we're different. For example, right now in Ukraine, and it wasn't until probably yesterday that I started to see it, right now in Ukraine you have two people group fightings. So one of my friends who lives in Uganda, sorry? <laughs> Okay. One of the people, uh, one of my friends who lives in Uganda actually showed me an article that within Ukraine, the Ukrainians that are running away, there are different people groups. Some were born in Ukraine, some are actually from Poland, some are actually from Africa. And what is happening is that for some parts of them running away from the war, some of the guards at the border would only let Ukrainian-born people through. And it's like, we're going to sacrifice everybody else. It's like, whoa, we're running from the exact same thing. Why would you treat me differently? We're all human. Division is actually part of our DNA ever since this. Why? Because we tried to build a tower, at least our ancestors did, 
build a tower to reach up to God, to immortalize ourselves apart from God. We want to have things that are nice apart from God. We don't want God to be part of the nice things that we have. Generally, that's humankind. And I'll tell you what the Bible says about why this happens. James chapter 4 verse 1 says this. This is the brother of Jesus. What causes fights and quarrels among you? They come from desires that battle within you. You desire, you, so you want things because you don't have, so you kill. We talked about anger last um, couple of weeks ago. You covet, but you can't get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You don't have because you don't ask God. And when you ask, you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasure. What kind of prayer does God answer? The kind of prayer that is aligned with His will. It's basically saying, if we're fighting, if we're having a little bit of a fight, it's because I'm not getting what I truly want. If I have a problem with you, it's because I'm not getting what I truly want. Yeah, it, whoever, sorry? Generally, there's something underlying in there that you want something. That's why you keep on fighting. As soon as you let something go, that's what forgiveness is. As soon as you let whatever it is you want go, it's like maybe you want an apology, you can let it, let it go, you don't have a problem. Right? It says in verse, seven, in verse 7, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, wail, change laughter to mourning, joy to gloom. Humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. What we know is that when we try to protect ourselves outside of God, it will always fail. When we try to immortalize ourselves outside of God, it will always fail because we are dying creatures. Their worst fears were realized. We know this because God scattered them. They left, they left uh, everything that they were doing. Unity will only succeed in Jesus Christ. If you want to build something that is going to be everlasting, it happens with Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the only one, number one, who is the safest because even death doesn't work on him. So he's the safest. He's not dead. Yeah. Well, he killed death. Like in terms of victory. Metaphorically. So this, we're going to get to that too. Um, there was fear we realized. They wanted to build a city because they didn't want it to be scattered. They wanted to build that tower and make a name for themselves. Today, the world wants you to know that you need to make a name for yourself. Instead, God says, I'm making a name for myself. They lost their unity. They lost their protection. Over time, they turned on each other. That's what we have here. They lost their ability to immortalize themselves. God's way of bringing the world together in a way that will endure, is through Jesus. He's already shown it because Jesus died, was brought back to life, and right now is alive. His body, his actual physical body is somewhere located. There's a location for the body of Jesus that is not just earth. Beyond death. That is something to pay attention to. He doesn't need walls anymore. 
Jesus unites people. There's a verse in Ephesians that talks about how we are no longer this or that. All the stuff that brought us apart, Jesus has broken that down so that we could become one. Jesus is the only one who is immortal. And he's the only one who can give eternal life. He promises eternal security, eternal peace, and and he promises to build a city that's not going to decay. Only through choosing to lay down your false sense of security, our false sense of security, our ambitions. Oh, I'm going to be the greatest this or that. 300 years from now, nobody cares. Nobody remembers. You know what the world remembers? Today, the world revolves around Jesus. It still does. Whether you think about it or not, whether you care about it or not, that's just the truth. Right? And so God is saying, don't go around building your own towers, your towers, your babels, so that you can make your name for yourself. Actually follow Jesus because he's got the way forward. He's the one that you need to be in in order to make it through the journey. So everything in this world would actually be destroyed. Revelation 21. This is how the world ends, right? After all the judgment has happened, so this is um, Josiah. Probably will, this will probably answer your question. It says this. This is a vision of John seeing the future. This is another prophetic um, writing. It says from verse one: I saw John talking a new heaven and a new earth. Because the first heaven and the first earth passed away. There will come a time when this world, as you know it, no longer exists. It might be in our lifetime or beyond our lifetime. And there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city. This is the city that doesn't decay, doesn't pass away. The holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place in that is now among the people. See, Connor. He will dwell with them. They'll be his people. God himself will be with them. These people that built the tower didn't want God to be with them. They wanted to be just by themselves. But God wants to be with us. And here it is. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, crying or pain. See you later. Um. There'll be no more pain. The old order of things has passed away. Verse 6 says, It is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and the end. The thirsty I will give water with no cost from the spring of water alive. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. And I will be their God. They'll be my children. But to the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. The fiery lake of burning sulfur, by the way, is only meant for Satan and his demons who don't believe in God. While we may have a lot of things, like I was born in a completely different country. We may have a lot of things that separate us. Only Jesus can bring us together. And only Jesus has a vision for the world to build something that's going to last forever. You might end up being a bank worker 
owning your own business, owning your own house, owning your own car, you might end up building something fantastic. We wanted the greatest buildings that's ever been built, a fantastic family. 300 years from now to 500 to 1,000 years from now, nobody cares. What's the point of it? The point is, did you do it with God? Did God call you to do it? And you obeyed him because that's what's going to last. That's what's taking, that's what he's taking in the next life. This will end. And what is God working on? He's working on people like you and me. He wants people. 